Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. Blessed Peter Faber. It is scarcely dawn as I sit here on my horse, waiting for him. Soon the stagecoach will come this way and there will be just one passenger in it. But it's cold, bitterly cold in the icy wind. I have a spare horse so that he can ride with me to the prison. If I make him walk, I will have to walk my horse. And already my face is blue with cold. And now, the coach comes. The driver knows me, knows who I am. I will have no trouble bringing the coach to a stop. After all, I have authority. I am the deputy warden of the prison. The driver doesn't like me. He is silent as I look down from my saddle at the man inside the coach. He is about 36, tall, not bad-looking. What is it, my son? The Reverend Peter Faber, I take it. Yes? You're under arrest. Get out of that thing. Under arrest? I told you to get out. Well, if I must... And hurry up about it! Why am I arrested? You ask too many questions. Can you ride? Yes. Very well, I brought that horse for you. You better get mounted. I'm freezing to death in this wind. Do as I said, you hear me? The day has passed. I am curious about this man. And a little restless. I find I can't sleep. And so I decide to take a look at him in his cell. And how do you like it here? Not too well. (laughs) 
You think you'll ever get out? That's a matter I'm in no position to judge. You will rot here. They'll let you rot. Can you tell me the charges against me? You're a priest. Troublemakers, all of you. A number of people share your view. Yes, I certain they do. But then a number of people thought our Lord was a troublemaker. Never mind that kind of talk. I did not say that. Ah, then you do respect him. We are not talking about him. It's the Pope. And you know it. And we don't hold with the Pope. And you're one of his favorites, aren't you? Oh, they say you are a great favorite of the Pope. Is that right? Oh, I don't think the term favorite is a correct one, my son. I'm not your son. At least let me know the specific charge against you. You're me. a troublemaker. The Pope sent you to Germany to make trouble, didn't he? Now you're in France to make more trouble. And they tell me you're supposed to be going to Spain from here to make trouble there. Well, the charge appears to be very specific then. <laughs> you won't be tried for anything. They said it would be a good idea if you were picked up and put away somewhere. Where you couldn't go on making trouble. So, I picked you up and brought you here. But don't worry. You'll be fed. Good food, too. Swill, but good swill. Good enough for pigs and priests. You know what I think of priests? Not a great deal. I spit on them. Hmm? By the way, do you like rats? Plenty of them around this cell, hmm? No, they haven't bothered me so far. They will, when they know you can't hurt them. Wait till they find that out. Wait till they start nipping at you. I have patience. You'll need all you have. Special envoy of the Pope, huh? <laughs> and look at you now. Just another troublemaker rotting away in a jail cell. And there's nothing your Pope can do about it. I leave him in the blackness of his cell to think about his position. And maybe to remember happier days, days when he was a younger man, a student at St. Barbe's College in Paris. There, where he shared lodgings with another student, Francis Xavier. And where he first met another student, Ignatius Loyola. As a matter of fact, Peter spent a lot of time with Ignatius. Peter, you make me tired. You cause me a feeling of intense disgust with myself and my stupidity. Good. The feeling may goad you into more concentrated study. You insolent whelp. I'm seven years your senior, and you have the presumption to address me as though I were some backward idiot? Which, of course, I am. But that does not excuse your insolence. I suppose we address ourselves to Latin verbs. Oh. Peter, let's find Xavier and go out somewhere. The idea appeals to me, but I'm the slave of a certain misguided affection for you, and I still cherish a faint... Very faint hope that with our Lord's help and a little from me, you'll pass next week's examinations. Besides, you happen to be my assignment. I'm supposed to supervise your studies. Heaven help me. Mm. Peter. Hmm? At least I know what I want to be. That much cannot be said for you, can it? I want to be a priest. You know, I have the fullest confidence in myself. I think I'll make a very good priest. If you ever pass your exams. Look at me. Faith alone enabled me to throw my crutches and walking stick away. Think of me as I was, a man scarred from battle wounds, crippled by cannon fire. On top of that, a scoundrel. And yet, I heard the call, Peter. I had riches, and I gave them away. And now, I study as best I can to become a servant of the Lord. Oh, 
why didn't he bless me with more brains? Look at yourself, a brilliant scholar. Look at our friend Xavier, a genius. And then look at me, a dull widow. Well, you could try sharpening those same wits on some Latin verbs. <laughs> you and your Latin verbs. Peter, confess you do want to be a priest. If you will, I'm sure I'll be inspired. I'll confess I'm willing to become one should the compulsion ever strike me. Heaven protect me from a diplomat. And that's what you sound like, Peter. Well, there's an idea. The church has a diplomatic service after all. Oh, come and join me in these miserable Latin verbs. You're talking to a former warrior who has no love for diplomats. Ignatius Loyola. Destined to become Saint Ignatius. And there was the other one they spoke of, Francis Xavier. He is to become Saint Francis Xavier. And so the happy student days in Paris pass. All three are ordained. Ignatius has a special understanding of our Lord and forms a group that becomes known as the Society of Jesus. And Peter is among the first to join the Jesuits. And in due time joins Ignatius in Venice, from which point a Jesuit mission is to leave for the Holy Land. Peter. Peter, my boy, how good to see you again. And did you ever see such a city as this one? Since there is no other city like it, no. Have you heard from Xavier? Only that he will not be with us in the Holy Land. Oh, I'm disappointed. Yes, so am I. Peter, tell me you're proud of me. <laughs> I'm proud of you and for you. You trained this brain of mine, taught it how to work constructively. It's very grateful to you, Peter. And tell me, do you think our movement has a future? Well, even the name of it has the sound of eternity. The Jesuits. The whole idea thrills me. Oh, I was delighted when you joined us. And now we shall lead our little band into the Holy Land. It's a wonderful opportunity for us all. Peter? Yes? The church is having trouble, isn't it? Oh, it's always had troubles. But it survived, huh? So long as our Lord survives... His church will survive. But the Jesuit mission to the Holy Land does not occur just then. Turkey goes to war. Turkish troops and ships control the land and sea routes of the Middle East, and the mission is postponed. Pope Paul III recalls the Jesuits to Rome, where each assumes fresh duties and awaits new assignments. And then, the word comes. I shall miss you, Peter. So you know. You're leaving us. Just when I was beginning to fancy, I was a permanent resident at the Vatican. Professor of the sacred scriptures. The Holy Father thinks a lot of you, Peter. And now you'll be a special envoy to Germany. I can only hope and pray I'll justify his faith in me. You will, Peter. You will. But I'll miss you. Oh, we shall meet again. Germany's not the end of the world. Be that as it may, I wish I were going with you. You'll have problems there. In any event, and in case a long time passes before we see each other again, you'll be my guest for dinner this evening. Meaning I'll pay for it, of course. <laughs> a privilege I won't deny you. Germany, the year 1540. The country is torn by disunity, and in many places a hatred for the Mother Church. King Charles V tries to reconcile Catholics and Protestants and various reform groups. He calls meetings and encourages endless discussion. 
Meantime, Peter Faber arrives in that country and attends a few meetings. He is appalled by the conditions he encounters and tells Cardinal Albert of Brandenburg so. The Cardinal is not pleased by what he terms foreign interference. I am not too certain we cannot reconcile our own differences in this country without outside interference. Are you as certain that you can? Given adequate time. Forgive me if I point out the chaotic conditions of the church in this country. Conditions which have lasted several years and which still show no visible sign of improvement. Then in turn, let me also point out we are exploring every possible avenue that may lead to an ultimate solution. Well, Lord Cardinal, the solution was handed to us some 1,500 years ago by our Lord, and St. Peter gave it substance when he founded the church in our Lord's name. Now, what avenues are we to explore? There's only one avenue which needs no exploring, our complete faith in Christ in his one church. And I insist all this will be understood through the process of discussion by the various groups. Oh, my Lord, Cardinal. The church has no need for discussion with heretics. We have one need and one need only, a need for greater discipline not only among the people but within the clergy itself. I protest this, this attack on me. I protest very strongly. I shall convey your protest to the Holy Father, of course, in all fairness. That will not be necessary. As you wish. We live in troubled times. It's all very well for a young man like you, filled with ambition and eagerness to come here. My only ambition is to serve the church. Beyond that, I have no ambition. I simply set out to say it's very difficult for me. I live here. I am surrounded by hostile groups, and yet I have to maintain some form of relationship with them. May I suggest that when you were appointed to your position, your duties did not ask you to foster relationships with heretics or any other group hostile to the church. You have a sharp tongue, and yet I've heard you described as a diplomat. Well, the situation, my Lord Cardinal, does not call for diplomacy. Have you taken stock of this city and cities much like it in Germany? Are you aware, my Lord, of the iniquity in every street, on every corner? Am I to be blamed for that? Now, let me point out the cause, my Lord. Unless the church has a straightforward policy a policy of devout faith in our Lord's teachings and instructions, there must be confusion. And there is confusion in this country, simply because the clergy is too concerned with so-called intellectual discussions with hostile groups. My Lord Cardinal, surely I must not tell you that the church has no need to defend itself against intellectuals. And yet, that is what is going on here, with your sanction. The Holy Father has sent a very good envoy here. And God forgive me, what you have said is right. But in all my life, I have never been addressed in this fashion. And, well, I think it was time I was spoken to as you have spoken to me. Then we're friends. In the moment of my very deep humility. And I remain grateful to our Lord for the courage he gave me that enabled me to talk as I did. We shall both need courage. I fear my return to... Sanity will not be pleasant news around here. I shall make enemies, as you already have. Imagine how many more enemies our Lord has to contend with. As time goes on, Peter Faber, now supported by the Cardinal of Brandenburg, carries a flaming sword into the heart of Germany, attacking the heretics and reawakening faith in the hearts of the Catholic communities. In the great city of Cologne, he writes a letter to his friend Ignatius. The work is going well, 
especially here in Cologne where heresy is all but eradicated. But there is even better news for you. I have just established a Jesuit residence here, and I'm sure it will flourish just as the others must be flourishing by now. Since writing the last words, I have received word from the Holy Father who instructs me to leave Germany and proceed through France to Spain and Portugal. So I fear much more time will lapse before I see you again. But I will communicate with you whenever possible. If you see Xavier, convey my affection to him. And now this priest is in a prison cell. And I am his jailkeeper. Now that's something, eh? Let him rot there, I keep telling myself. I had my orders to pick him up and put him in jail. And I have carried out those orders. Praying, hmm? I was watching you through the hole in the door. A lot of good praying will do for you now. I find prayers very comforting. No one in this world can rob one of the privilege of praying. Even isolated in jail, one can still pray. It's a wonderful comfort, my son. Direct communication with our Lord. Or your Pope, more likely. No, just to our Lord. You don't approve of the Pope, eh? He's a man like me, is he not? What's he so holy about? You people act as if he were holy. He's invested with a certain holiness that's been handed down to every pope since St. Peter. He is the appointed representative of our Lord, you see. And that makes him holy. Yes, it makes him our holy father on earth. Simple, isn't it? Why, yes. You make me sick. Because you don't understand? Understand, he says. Understand. Well, it's not difficult to understand, after all. If you believe in Christ. Now, priest, listen to me. I am no heathen. I believe in Christ. But not the Pope. That's right. I don't know why you shouldn't. Christ appointed St. Peter as his first Pope. Obviously, St. Peter couldn't live in this world forever, so others had to succeed him in the job of being our Lord's representative on earth. And that's about the size of it. Simple. Simple, you make everything sound so simple. <laughs> At least you seem to appreciate that. Well... You can talk. I'll say that for you. What's going on outside? Did, did you hear something? A crowd of people gathering? Well, look through the bars. You can see the street from the window. I can't see anything, but I have the impression there's a crowd out there. Ah, trouble. Always trouble. I leave the prisoner and go to the prison gate. A crowd has gathered. Peasants and townspeople. Mostly the poor, and they are in an ugly mood. What do you want? You have a priest in there. We want him free. You hear that, Napustra? Free the priest, or we'll tear your miserable jail apart. I have orders. You have orders from us, too. In five minutes to cut it all out. They want me to set you free. And what do you want to do, my son? I want to save my neck. If I let you go, my superiors will hang me. And if I don't let you go, that mob out there will burn this place down and let me burn with it. Priests! Now, you see what I mean? Troublemakers! Well, come on. 
Only I'll have to go with you. I can't hang around this place after letting you go. The crowd grows silent as it sees the priest. And then some of the people kneel. And then one by one, every man and woman in the street kneels. And the priest thanks them and offers a prayer. And after a while, it's all over. And I saddle two horses, one for the priest and one for myself. And we ride away, riding hard for more than an hour, until we find ourselves in woodlands. We'll, uh, we'll let the horses rest. What is your name, my son? Le Poutre. Gaston Le Poutre. You were kneeling. I was what? Back there when I prayed, you knelt with the rest of the crowd. <laughs> yes, that's right. I did, didn't I? Welcome back, my son. Welcome back to the church. You know you take a lot for granted. Do I? <laughs> well, maybe not. I can see now how you straightened out that uh, cardinal in Brandenburg, though. Well, you know about that? Oh, yes, I know about that. Maybe you've straightened me out, too. Is that it? Well, in that case, if I have, you'd better go to Spain with me, my son. Well, you'll need somebody with you. You don't look so well. Do you know that? <laughs> I'm not much of a rider. And I believe my heart is not as strong as it should be. But it's nothing to worry about. Later on, we'll sell these horses and we'll use the money for stagecoach fare. Oh, no, no, no. We must send the money back to the prison. The horses are not our property. We've simply borrowed them. Ah! Wouldn't you know it? My son... There's never any difficulty in knowing right from wrong. Our conscience tells us what is right. Conscience is, well, maybe it's the voice of our Lord. And if we listen to it, we listen to him. <laughs> simple! <laughs> Everything is so simple! Two long years pass. I journeyed to Spain and Portugal with this priest. And what he did in Germany, he does in these two countries. But I watch him growing weaker. And then one day, we arrive in Rome. And I hasten to see someone. Father Ignatius Loyola. I believe I am, my son. Father, Peter Faber is very sick. We've just got here from Spain. Will you come with me? Sick? Hurry then. Take me to him. St. Ignatius Loyola administers the final sacraments. Then the two friends are silent for a moment, looking at each other. Have you heard from Xavier? I'm not even sure where he is at this moment. Tell him I asked about him. Tell him yourself, Peter. Well, not in this world. You know that. How do you feel, Peter? Exhausted. Then rest is the best thing. So, rest. Gaston? Yes, yes, Father. Come nearer. Yes. Here I am. You've met my friend Gaston? Oh, yes, yes. Find something for him to do. He's been with me for two years. Yes, I know. He says he's learning Latin verbs. <laughs> yes, he is. I'm, I'm going to miss you 
Even more this time, Peter. Yes. It's hard to part from dear friends. But it won't be forever. Oh? Well, that much is for sure. It's a wonderful thing to look forward to, you know? Yes. I know, Peter. And I'm looking forward to it, too, when my time comes. To walk through a door we call death and enter a new and beautiful life close to our Lord. And have him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Peter? Peter. Oh, Lord Jesus, into thy loving care we commit this soul. The time in which we once lived becomes a dim memory. And yet on such memories, the church stands eternal. Eternal as the rock on which it is built. As eternal as our simple faith in Christ. As eternal as Christ himself. listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor. For those in need of spiritual renewal, we staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV-AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony's Shrine, Graymore. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore. Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen. <laughs>